this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hams, and with me I have... Bizdira, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Uh, no, <laughs> no. And... And Snoop. Yeah. Last week, the party entered the Arcanium on the southern island to find that the ground floor had been converted into a history museum with two main exhibits, Sustainable Magical Energy and You, and The Mandate, Myths, Legends, and Truth. After finding a kindly lizard woman named Durastrix to translate for them, our adventurers watched an introductory presentation in The Mandate exhibit. At the end of the presentation, everyone present recited the mandate in unison. The central power is dangerous. The central power is inevitable. The central power is the key. Research, prepare, summon, destroy. What does this mandate mean? Where did all of the magical technology on this island come from? And how long until one of our adventurers needs the bathroom in the exhibit because they're gonna have to go back up to the front to find the restrooms and there's gonna be a line. It'll be a whole thing. Anyway, let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hello. Hey. We Hi. never talk about the characters going to the bathroom, so I don't know why why that would be relevant. <laughs> well, we didn't make it's, a constitution save point. for poop, so. Do they know about running water and uh, <laughs> indoor plumbing? Nope, I can control myself. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, wait, hold on, I have to write it down. Sorry, Flake, what did you say? Well, I said, do they know about running water and indoor plumbing? Oh, also sure a good question, which will never be relevant, because as Kit points out, we have never once discussed bathing, toilet needs, unless you got the poop scared out of you, uh, and very rarely do we mention eating. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, Except for bacon. We've talked about bacon. We have talked about bacon. Is there like three uh, seashells in the bathroom that are going to confuse the crap out of us? Well, I don't. Are you going to go look? Because no I, one's in the bathroom right now. I feel like I think this we just finished curious. this presentation. <laughs> Wait, I want to backtrack just a second <laughs> to the intro. I thought oh he was going to say, I thought I was predicting this correctly. I was incorrect. I thought he was going to say, <laughs> research who? Prepare what? Summon where? Destroy when? <laughs> oh, see, that would have been good, but also would have been four questions. And I would I have know. had to choose between breaking the pattern of three or leaving out one of the words of the mandate. And neither mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. would have been okay mm-hmm. with me. To be mm-hmm. fair... Seasons one and two do not follow your little plan of questions. So Yes, but that was a lot of seasons ago. And sometimes we discover trends later in the process. Yes, well, I'm just saying. Also, on the note of what listening to later episodes, do Bria and Kit still have their matching beetle headbands that Kit made when we were heading I mean, back I to the temple? So. I haven't heard happy. otherwise. I mean, yeah, I'm just assuming that Kit and Bria wear their beetle headbands every single day. I forgot about the beetle headbands. I did too, but I'm going <laughs> along with it. Yeah, we wear them every day. Duh. Does that mean that they have disadvantage on stealth since they reflect light so well? <laughs> How many beetles did we have? Because we made a lot of stuff out of these beetle we, carcasses. So we had you. You, you have suggested <laughs> yes. so many things we. that we do the that we because do with the beetles. It's like one of the only things that I have like written on my sheets of as far as like what I have acquired. So every time I'm like looking for a solution, I'm like, oh yeah, the beetles. beetles. Duh. <laughs> no. So this is a funny part. So because I've been listening to it lately, uh, we recently Flick did a Pied Piper kind of thing where he got the beetles to walk into the bag of holding and we just close it up so they would die. So we have a lot of beetles. 
It was fantastic. We are hilarious. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Oh, we are <laughs> so funny. Yes. Y'all have got it. We've all got to do. We. I'm telling you, we have to do a Mystery Science Theater style, like, re-listen of everything at some point together mm-hmm. and oh, just record, like, record our reactions to it all. Yeah. It's fine. It's not like we haven't, you know, spent the time recording 170 some odd episodes. Let's do them all again. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh-huh. so that'll be, so that'll be. Director's cut. When we, when we wrap up this campaign. That'll be the next step is to do that. I feel like we'll I feel like we'll pick a few good episodes yeah. to do that with, and that would be fine. For sure. We can have our, our listeners vote for their favorite episodes. Oh, mm-hmm. all right, listeners. Stay you tuned. heard it here first. Start picking your favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. There and are ha- a lot. And and maybe tweet them to us. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to be informed of such a thing? Social media. Let's be very clear. We're talking about when this is all over. And I have said that I don't imagine that we have got less than nine to 12 months of, of content left. So you we're not, years. and that's, <laughs> no. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I feel like we would messy. Cheeky, cheeky we are, is, like we, becomes a character. Yeah. Oh, absolutely she would. We become the, the daytime soap opera of D&D podcast. Like it just oh goes God. forever. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Or it's like different, you know, iterations. It's like TLR space. TLR under the sea. In my head, the very first thing, the first thing that came to my mind was TLR, the college years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear God, Monsters no. University. No one should ever yes. do the college years. Yeah. yeah, we all know that Bria didn't have a very great time at college, so. I don't know yes. what you're talking about. Well, maybe you should go back and listen to my solo episode. <laughs> Poor thing. No. I no, think you should no, as well. No quippy joke is coming to mind, so. Can we learn about the mandate more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're going to sure. banter for another 20 minutes. No, I oh, must God, know. No, please, no. I, I was thinking about it during the break, uh, and so little happened in that last episode. We should start now. <laughs> yeah. We, we literally like walked minutes into the building and got a presentation, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yep. So, here we go. Got the we intro to the presentation. Yeah. Yeah, not even, right. Yeah. All right. So, the whole room has just recited the mandate, uh, and and at that point, uh, you know, the lights come back up, the figures, the statues come back out of the ground, and everything sort of seems to be resetting, uh, and people begin to filter out of this uh, exhibit antechamber into the exhibit proper through a through a set of doors, sort of on the far side of the room from where you are. And uh, Durastrix turns to you all, uh, and she's just got a, a lovely grin on, and she says, "Oh, it was delicious." Delightful watching the four of you experience that for the first time. We all have horrified faces. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh and, but she is oblivious. She is. She thinks it's. And she says that was. It's so nice to see visitors taking an interest in our history. You all enjoy the rest of the museum. And she starts to. to uh, uh, come back. <laughs> Chuck. I wanted to ask her what that symbol was that we didn't recognize that was like they all kind of came together, like what that symbol symbolized. Oh, the very last one? The Yes, the last one that displayed. Uh, she sort of uh, looks surprised and, uh, you know, she she turns around as you sort of wait. Uh, so she turns around uh, and she says, oh, 
Uh, well, that is the symbol of the mandate, the symbol of our island. Okay, um, are we gonna be able to read what's in there? Uh, she says, oh, uh, some of it might be translated, uh, and a lot of it is, is very sort of, um, visual, uh, without being textual. Um, okay. I- I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be <laughs> She's, fine. like, scooching she very away clearly, from us. She is. She very clearly, like, she very clearly doesn't want to offend, but also doesn't want to guide you through this whole museum and translate everything for you. Yeah. She's like, I wanna, I came on my, I'm gonna call. Being very polite. Yeah, trying. Um, okay, so I will thank her. Uh-huh. She holds out her hand for a tip. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> if I had a flower, give her a I would give five. her a flower. But I don't <laughs> say, don't. What is, it? is it Home Alone 2 where he gives him like a stick of gum? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she she carries on. Uh, she you know exchanges parting pleasantries with you all and, and goes on into uh, into the rest of the exhibit, leaving you all uh, not quite alone. There are a few stragglers left in the antechamber, and there are a few people coming in uh, for the next presentation as well. So uh, the the chamber is not empty, but there are definitely fewer people than there were before. What are y'all doing? Let's go. I think we got to go in the next room. All right. So the next room is uh, it, it, this is another example of. Uh, the layout of the Arcanium, very obviously having been changed from what you all are familiar with from the Western Island. Uh, It looks like the rest of this exhibit is just sort of one large open hall uh, that has little, you know, uh, display cases and other things uh, for the, the exhibit bits all over, but it's just one large hall. It's not like there's a you know, specific sequence that you're supposed to go through or whatever. And yeah, so there and there are plenty of people in here. There are lots of display cases. Some of them have, some of them look like they have you know, old artifacts. Like some of them have robes. Some of them have ropes. Uh, uh, <laughs> some of them have ropes. Some of them have books or tablets with writing on them. Uh, and then there's also a lot of sort of like little mini murals or frescoes uh, with descriptive sort of plaques next to them, talking about like the artist and the date of creation uh, and and just lots of different little exhibit things uh, around this area. So what are, are you all staying together? Are you splitting up? What's catching your interest? I was going to propose that perhaps we split up and each explore a different part of this hall so we can gather information as quickly as possible. Bizdira immediately goes to the robe section. <laughs> oh, cool. the, the robe or the robe? The rope. Uh-huh, great. Uh, let me also, since you all mentioned this before we came, in. Let me have you all make wisdom perception checks uh, first thing as you enter this exhibit. Yes. Oh, yes. What is it, Kit? I crit. Me too. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Biz dear? I did not. But... <laughs> what a waste. What, what'd you get? I, I got a 12. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I lo- this, it was a it, it was a pretty low DC. This is... Shh, don't say that. What the heck? Really, this is so not, like It was us. really what hard. Uh, not really the moment for a triple crit, but um, <laughs> so y- you all walk in and, and are just like homing beacons. The three of you immediately find doors that lead to other parts of the building. That's yes, all. That's uh, really lame. <laughs> <laughs> and Vizdira I mean, is just we, looking we at We go in there like... like oh, no. <laughs> Vizdira for sure sees them too, but she, like a normal person, takes in the exhibit and is like, oh, there's a door. The rest of you are like, 
<laughs> yeah, just a lot. And we're and we're very vocal about it. We're like, there's a door, there's a door. We found the door. We found the door. Out of this yeah, room. exactly. <laughs> um, what I will say is that uh, we'll say with with y'all's. Oh my god, with y'all's. Uh, With y'all's nat twenties, I guess, uh, you know, you happen to see as one of the doors uh, gets opened and closed by a person uh, who who walks through, uh, and you can see that there's a set of stairs on the other side of this door before it closes. A set of stairs going downward. Um, But as far as you all can tell, there's no signage on any of the doors. And also, again, nat twenty. So why not? I'll tell you all the things about this person that went through one of the doors. Um, The person who this person that went through the door didn't use a key didn't have a key card, didn't get stopped by a guard. They just walked up to the door, opened the door, closed it behind. They definitely looked like they had the the closest thing, I guess, to a uniform that you've seen. Um, again, natural 20. So you notice that there was a little patch uh, on like uh, on their chest that, that was the same as that last symbol, the symbol that Durastrix told you is the symbol of the mandate and of the island. Um, so they probably work here, maybe. Uh, but other than that, there was, there didn't, you didn't notice any sort of security or anything at this door. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, so let's... Uh, do you want to just tell us the things you've prepared for <laughs> um, the stuff we should learn in this room? <laughs> uh, for our listeners, he flipped me off. Um, <laughs> I, I think Flick will go immediately to his left and go there. Rope. Rope. Okay, so Bisteria is going to the rope. We'll start there. Uh, do any of the rest of you have ideas of where you'd like to go or, or should we... Uh, deal with the rope exhibit first. I'm going to check out the art. The art, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Great. That's, it's my thing, Kit. It's, no, Why don't you go totally check out fair. the outdoor exhibit here? <laughs> A little window exhibit. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, there's actually, and, and, and look, there's plenty of, there's plenty of art. There is art that is, um, like, actual art that, hit, like, pieces of art that have been created to depict, like, historical events or whatever. But then there are also, sort of like the presentation in the antechamber, there are, like, museum-installed artistic depictions of specific things. That's I the one I want. Yes, too clearly? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. I want the depictions. I want the ones like that they've okay. drawn telling a story about it. Right, 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 right. Okay, great. Uh, Kitten Flick, any, any ideas or shall we come back to you in a bit? Well, I, um, Flick will go over if there's any sort of like figurine depictions, like of a scene, setting a scene of sorts. Like if oh, there's something, like you know, in like, like the natural history. or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, I think there's one of those. There's a, in fact, you spot a sort of uh, like a table with a glass, you know, glass covering over it and it looks like from where you are because natural 20 will let it ride uh, also because I don't want to make you all roll for all of this stuff is looks like actually a, uh, a sort of map of the the world as you know it. that's wonderful that's exactly what I want great uh, Kit anything uh, part of me is like oh I'll go look at the books and then I'm like oh I wasn't at the other library I don't know if I'll be any help if I go look at the books oh, and sure. I'll be in a different language sure 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 um, I might like do a quick like drive by and like take a quick peek and see if I understand anything written on the books, but like on my sure. way to look at, I don't know, the outdoor exhibit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
Sure, I love it. Okay, all right. Well, we should start with the uh, Bazira's rope exhibit, which um, didn't exist until you misheard me saying R O B as in boy E. But okay. Uh, I... So Bazira, there is there is in fact a an exhibit on rope. It seems uh, I have I have just been informed that rope <laughs> played a significant uh, a significant role in the history of uh, the mandate. Tell us more. Yeah, I'm going to. So you go over there and you see uh, you see that there's this whole little corner that is dedicated to uh, not just rope in general, but it seems that rope uh, and and knot tying was actually, uh, it was used millennia ago, it looks like, if the rope that you're seeing is any indication, uh, as a sort of secret communication uh, method <laughs> among... <laughs> you all suck. This is why I try not to tell you when I'm making things up as I go. I think it needs to be robes. I think she needs to have misread something. <laughs> No, no, I'm I love gonna this. make this I work. This. Okay, make it all, work. Right. all right. Yeah, so you can see, you see over there that there's this sort of, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty basic uh, as far as you can tell. There are just a couple of knots, and you can actually see how the knots resemble uh, in some ways some of the symbols that you all have seen before. Now that you sort of put the two together, you realize that actually some of those symbols were probably taken from these various knot formations uh, that were used just as sort of identifying, as far as you can tell. We're used as sort of identifying markers for those who were members of uh, these groups, organizations, possibly what you all have been referring to as cults. And so this was sort of a, a way that before the organizations turned into the mandate or whatever they're doing with it here on this island, they uh, they were secret organizations that identified members uh, with these different rope knots. Can she, like, as she's looking at all of this and like like going through everything. I want her to pull out like a little bit of uh, rope or string or something and start trying to recreate some of those knots. Oh, interesting. Okay, there are, so in this exhibit, there are, there are several different knots that <clears throat> mirror some of the older symbols of the organizations. The end of the exhibit actually has an interactive station where there are ropes where you can do exactly what you're talking about. Perfect. And one of the things that's in this sort of like play station there is that it seems like the museum has come up with a knot that also kind of, not really, but kind of looks like the symbol of the mandate. Um, it's, you know, it's it's pretty obvious that by the time the mandate came around in its current form, it wasn't being, you know, a member of this organization or whatever wasn't a secret. They didn't need secret code for it. But just for funsies, someone has created a, a mandate knot as well. So yeah, you can try and make a bunch of those. Uh, make me, uh, let's start with a, a sleight of hand check. Uh, are you proficient? No. I feel like it's you and like rope though, so you can add your proficiency bonus. That's good because that means it's a 17. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So you see there, it's like <laughs> some of the easier ones don't necessarily look a whole lot like the original versions of the knots, but like there's like the kid level ones, yeah, right? Yeah. And then sort of the adult level ones. So you go through the kid ones really easily, get your hands warmed up, uh, and you do a pretty decent job of some of the uh, of some of the adult ones. Uh, although the uh, the mod 
modern day mandate one is quite complicated. So you get sort of a, a slightly janky version of that one. Okay. Uh, but you know, it was a good time. Cool. As you're doing it, uh, make me, make me, I guess, I, I would take intelligence history or intelligence arcana. And I don't know that you're proficient in either of those, but we all know what happens when you make arcana checks. <laughs> Maybe it should be that. <laughs> Uh, not so much today. It's an 11. Okay. okay. We'll say uh, that you you remember these these knots that you make uh, and what they looked like. Uh, but other than that, nothing sort of jumps out at you as particularly important. Um, other than, you know, this further solidifies that the mandate and the cults from the other islands are, in fact, the same thing in different forms. And that there is definitely a period in the history of these cults, these organizations, that they were secret and and sort of since you can't read any of the plaques it's hard to say but like there is there is something of the nefarious about them the feel of the way that these knots were used as a secret code and all of that but that's clearly not the case anymore is there anyone near me oh yeah there are uh, several people that are also you know trying out knots and uh, stuff. any elves or lizard folk or someone I might be able to talk I to? think so yeah all yeah right. you could certainly find any of those any of the following any of the above so I'll kind of I'll kind of ask someone near me to if they could help give me a gist of what the plaques say about the different yeah, and they're really they're really only a few. Um, and this person's gra- uh, who 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 did you find? Uh, what what? I'll say I found an elf. Find? Okay, all right. So they they translate a few of the the different plaques into Elvish for you and sort of tell you that you know basically there's very little information in this section about the cults themselves, more about their naming conventions uh, and what you what she what you're able to glean as this person translates for you is that woven into these knots uh, and so by extension woven into the symbols of of the various iterations of the cult are often indicators of what they hoped the central power would accomplish and how their like what their sort of main focus was for how they wanted to summon the central focus whether it was through a certain type of magic or through some sort of ritual or they they had all there were all of these different methods that these cults have tried to interact with the central power as they call it and none of them make me an well no i think that's what they say i will tell you what the plaques say and that is what they say okay she will thank them profusely say thank you very much Mm -hmm. and yeah i think she she kind of wants to try to remember how to make the knot yeah yeah i think that's partially what that what that role was earlier i know it was zarkana whatever but i think i think she can remember yeah exactly okay cool yeah so you'll spend a little time just practicing making sure you got them in your noggin yeah uh and that'll be good Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, we stand with Black Lives Matter and our black siblings fighting for justice. That fight is still not over just because we're tired and we do still have work to do. Second of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be obstreperous, but like in a good way, if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcast from and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read five-star reviews on the air as soon as we're able, and the more of them we get, the more visible the show becomes and the more people we get to listen. It doesn't have to take more than just a few seconds, and it really does help us out a ton. We also, of course, want to remind everyone that we have our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get 
access to all kinds of cool patron perks, like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. And that much more is very soon going to start expanding. We have some ideas for new bonus content for our patrons, so get in there while you can. In addition, of course, by supporting our Patreon, you'll also be supporting multiple other content creators across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon at Forward program. More information on that program and a list of the creators that we're patronizing are available on our Patreon page. Right now, I want to take a minute to thank some of our amazing patrons for their support. Thank you so much to our Heralds of Denier, Shimmy Gangot, Tanya, and Sir Mox the Magnificent, to our honorary party member, Matthew Allen, and to our Shimmer Skilled tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliahu of Mert Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge, Misty, and a newly upgraded patron, Aaron Stevens. Of course, it being the last episode of the month, we also want to thank our Shimmer Scale Council members, Nat Rose, Tony Ayellis, The Geekery, Lucas Hokum, Steffi Bernard, River Daniel, Stephen Mosley, Verpio, Kin, Sam Ellis, Rob Murphy, Kelsey G, Jay Sprigg, Gordon Ross, Tyree Pace, and Sam Rodman. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and some of this sweet, sweet bonus material, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. We're excited, of course, as always, to remind you about our partnership with Codename Entertainment and Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. If you are playing that game or want to start playing and want some free loot, check out the gold chest code that's in our episode notes every week for free items and power-ups in your game. We want to thank BattleBards, Scott Buckley, and Kevin McLeod for the music that you hear on our show. You can find their collections at BattleBards.com, ScottBuckley.com.au, and in CompTech.FilmMusic.io, respectively. You can, of course, also check out the episode notes to find specific track names, artist names, and links. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links found on our website and in the episode notes when you shop there so that TLR gets your portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. And now is a great time to shop because between now and the end of the year, chances are the DMs Guild is going to have all sorts of holiday sales on, so stock up. Speaking of holiday sales, in case you haven't heard, The Last Refuge has a merch store. You can go to bit.ly slash TLR merch store to check out the t-shirts, buttons, sweaters, drink koozies, and much more that we've got available. And again, we are anticipating that Zazzle that hosts our store is going to have lots of sales approaching. So be sure to keep an eye out and you can get our merch for even cheaper. Of course, we want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Finally, we want to let you all know about a little plan that we have in the works. We realize that we've been going for three and a half years and haven't done what I consider a staple of the actual play tabletop role-playing game podcast, which is the mailbag question and answer episode. We're still figuring out the logistics, but start compiling all the questions that you've got for me and our players so that you can send them in to us and we can answer them in a bonus episode on the air. If you've got burning questions that you want to send right now, you can send that to us via email, dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. But also keep an eye on our Twitter because we'll be announcing this in a more official fashion there soon with more specific details about how to submit your questions. Okay, I think that's all the announcements we've got for you this week. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, and happy gaming, y'all. All right, who wants to go next? Me. Me. 
All right. Uh, where did you go? You went to the, oh, to the art, right. To the, the pictorially significant yeah. art. Yeah, the depiction art. Yeah, so these have a bit of a chronology to them. Uh, there's sort of like a, there's a little, I don't know, not quite a corridor, but like a faux corridor, right? Like an alley of these depictions uh, that sort of walk you through uh, a bit of a history. But it's like, like in a lot of history museums, you can see particularly like anthropological history, like <laughs> the art, the depictions are uh, definitely Definitely less detailed the older the time period they're trying to depict are, right? Um, but you you sort of start on the old end and you see that in the beginning, <clears throat> these organizations, and again, you see some of the symbols, so you know they're talking about what you know as the old cults, uh, were pretty sort of uh, barbaric and primitive. And they really, like, there was a, there are a lot of depictions of, like, blood sacrifices and dark rituals and uh, a lot of also sort of just depictions of destruction, right? Uh, whether by the hand of the cult or by the central power, which by this point, I assume you all have figured out is what these people call the beast. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So there's just uh, sort of a lot of that, a lot of uh, uh, just destruction and sort of barbaric rituals and sacrifices and things like that. The next chunk of this sort of historical uh, display things show cultists coming and arriving at what can only be the sub Southern Island. Uh, you can see there's like, uh, there's one that has like a very crude map of the world where like everything except the Southern Island is basically just like stick figures and circles. But the Southern Island is very clearly and, and re represented in much more detail. And you can see, you know, ships coming to the Southern Island and other, th uh, uh, these cults arriving on the Southern Island. The next depiction is of sort of battle and war uh, between the people of the Southern Islands and these uh, cultists that have arrived. And you see more of the sacrifices, but you also see uh, sort of the, the native peoples of the Southern Island uh, fighting and eventually uh, sort of becoming victorious over the invading cultists. The next set of pictures is a little strange, and there are little, they're pretty short, but there are little plaques with all of these. There must be something in, in one of these plaques because the next scene, after this one of war and combat and conflict with the cultists pretty clearly shows the people of the Southern Island co-mingling with and cooperating with and interacting with some of the surviving cultists and very clearly shows the people of the Southern Island in fact learning from, not teaching, uh, but in fact learning from the cultists. Can I see if there's someone nearby to like, especially because that one feels so kind of disjointed, if there's someone nearby who can help me read it? Yeah, so, the, yes, absolutely you can. Who do you find? I see Durasterix in the corner, and I think about it for a second, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to no. do that to her. <laughs> um, I do need to find another lizard folk, though, because I don't speak Elvish. Okay, yeah, you can absolutely find, uh, let's see, you can find a either a sort of surly-looking, like... Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> so this surly-looking adult male lizard folk person is, like, obviously there with his family who are enjoying this, but he thinks it's the most boring thing in the world. So he's sort of standing there, arms crossed, like checking not a watch because I don't think he's wearing one. Not because they don't exist, but just because, you know, they chafe on the scales of lizard folks. So that, mm -hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what do you say to him? I'm just going to say, I'm from out of town, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and? 
This seems, these two seem, seem pretty different. What happened here? What's that plaque say? Uh, he shrugs and he goes, oh, the transition. Can you tell me more? <laughs> <sighs> and he walks over to uh, the plaque that is sort of is in between the two that you're, that you're discussing. And he, he sort of, you know, dutifully, if, if annoyed, uh, reads off the plaque. And the plaque, like I said, they're all pretty short. And this plaque, uh, according to this dude, uh, just says, uh, after the transition, those that remained taught us much and set the course for our future. What was the transition? And he I'm going to push it. I'm going to see how far I can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks at you and he goes, how far out of town are you from? What do you mean, what's the transition? So far. <laughs> Make a charisma perception. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? What um, are you going to do? I'm going to just look down at my clothes and look back up at him. Like, very clearly, I am from far away. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And he just sort of grunts at that. Uh, make a charisma persuasion check. Let's see how far you can push this. Who's got Frosty's hat right now? Uh, whoever had it at the trial. I don't think we've changed so it since it's <laughs> Awesome. I, okay. Yeah. Sure. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> she, she, she stands there tying knots with Santa's uh, with Frosty's hat on. That's a twenty-nine. Oh, holy night. Okay. Um, I forgot you. Have I crit on the other one because I rolled both before I realized I didn't have the hat, so I rolled a nineteen. Okay. So he just goes. Uh, I mean, it's the you know the transition. That's all she gets with the twenty-nine. Uh, make me a wisdom insight check, Bria. Um, 23. He looked confused, but not purely because you didn't know what the transition was. He looked like for a brief moment, he almost like was going to try and answer with more information and then was like, I can't think of it. So he just said, what's the transition? Since I rolled so high for my persuasion, can I ask him, since you said he was here with his family, can I ask him what they teach his children in school the transition is? Yeah, 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 absolutely. He sort of looks confused at the question and just says, well, uh, they don't they don't have to teach it in school. I mean, every, it's the transition. Everyone knows about the transition. Okay, thanks. Um, uh, and he sort of grunts and happening. walks off to catch up to his family, but he shakes his head a little bit as he walks away from you. And then by the time he gets to his family, he's his, you know, back to his old surly self. <laughs> I don't like that. I will maybe, I'm going to glance while I'm confused by this, Right before he walks away, I'm going to glance at the last picture and see if I want to keep him around. I'm sure the answer is no, um, because of kind of how he reacted. But uh, Yeah, so the very last picture. So after this uh, this depiction of the islanders learning from the cultists, uh, the last picture is clearly sort of a modern day picture. Uh, the center of the depiction is the Arcanium. And it looks like there are... It actually shows... Uh, this depiction sort of shows a cross-section of the Arcanium, and you can actually see the floors below the museum floor, uh, and it shows what you see are, like, research labs on the, uh, for in the first and second basements, the two floors immediately below, uh, and you see, you know, like, depictions of, of people, researchers, arcanists maybe, uh, doing research on these levels. Up above is, you know, you can see, like, construction sort of happy in progress building the city that you all are, that you all have just walked through the get here to the Arcanium. Uh, and of course, on the very bottom level of the cross section of the Arcanium,
Arcanium is a, a big empty room with a stone uh, sort of triangle in the center of it. Okay, so they're not hiding that. That's good. Okay, I think I got what I needed from that. <laughs> you don't look like you did. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to get anything else out of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Who's next? I am. All right. Uh, where did you head again? Remind me. Uh, the table with the map on it. Oh, right. The diorama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you head over to this map diorama and you can see it's pretty large and there are lots of people around it because it's, again, it's one of the exhibits that has sort of an interactive, uh, like, kids aspect to it. Uh, and you can <laughs> see you. as you walk up. Yeah. As you can see as you walk up, there are uh, there are all of these little buttons around this, the edge of it that you can push that like light up different things on the diorama uh, to sort of highlight them. Uh, Thank it's, God, It's yes. nothing particularly fancy, uh, but the kids in, in the room just absolutely, and some of the adults, let's be honest, I love that shit, are really enjoying the buttons and making things light up on it. Um, but what you see is, as I said, a sort of uh, 3D diorama style depiction of uh, the world as you know it, of all four of the uh, satellite islands and the central island, uh, each with, you know, very degrees of, of detail and, and you know, information and little, again, very short one to two sentence, like plaques in different places. Uh, what in particular are, you know, what part of the world are you looking at? What are you looking for? Um, well, we we've seen a map of this world before, correct? We, uh, do yes, we have one? So. Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Um, so I'll see if there's any differences, similarities that are just absolutely striking. Not really. I mean, I if you wanted to get really particular, you know, the map that you have and the diorama here, like the coastlines don't match up perfectly in terms of shape. But I mean, the major landforms are all there in the order that they should be. You know, there's okay. no missing islands. There's no, yeah. Um, then I will uh, first look at the Southern Island. Is there a button? Uh, yeah, there are a couple of buttons for the Southern Island. Yeah. I would like to look at the Southern Island first, please. Okay. Okay. Uh, so on the Southern Island, it's pretty obvious that the main... Uh, the main focal point of the diorama for the southern island is this city. You can see on this map that there do appear to be settlements, uh, nothing quite as big as this city, but there are settlements, towns, uh, even, I know I keep saying city, but like smaller cities indicated also on the southern island scattered throughout, but the central focus is obviously this city that you're in. And I say that because one of the buttons that this kid just keeps pushing and his mom is really trying to move on, but he just keeps pushing this button is the button that lights up that lights up the arcanium at the cent you know in the center of the plaza on on this in this city uh, and when it does you actually notice that the walls the structure of the arcanium on this island are made of semi-transparent like actually think like uh, uh, like scrim material so if you light it from one side you can see through it but if it's lit from the other side you can't right uh, and so every time he lights it up you can see that the light is actually that uh, that pure at the bottom of the Arcanium, sort of inside the map. It's like the node is lighting up when he pushes the button and allowing you to see the interior of the Arcanium building. And you see much the same thing that, that Bria, uh, of course you don't know this, but that Bria saw in her depictions, which is all the floors, you can see down into them, and you just see lots of, you know, white-coated researchers doing research stuff. Great. What are the other two buttons? I'm going to push them. Uh, so one of the buttons uh, actually sort of turns off a few of the ambient lights that are shining on the city of the island and turns on all of these lights with 
in the city, which of course you all have not seen because you've not been here at night, but suddenly every building in this city has light coming from it. And it looks almost like the night sky, but it's just the lights of this city sparkling here. That was another one of my attempts to describe a city at night without yeah. just being like, it's no. New York at night. City lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, much brighter than like candles and hearth fires. It's mm-hmm. very strange. Uh, <laughs> and what's the third? So that's, yeah, and the third button, uh, the third button actually, and you have seen this also happen at other islands. Like clearly this button exists on all four of the satellite islands. You press this button and a little sort of strip of lights uh, lights up that starts at the node in the center of the island and connects the island to the center of the central island. Wonderful. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, this is I mean, exhausting. I am making all of this up as I I know you. You got it. It's uh, keep going. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go over to the western island Sweating. now, the last refuge, yeah. if you will. Oh, the last refuge, absolutely. Do they have a name for it? Uh, yeah, but it's in that language. And there's just there are only kids. There, there are, are no. There's nobody gnome, around. <laughs> there are only gnomes around this table. Uh, you don't speak gnomish, do you? Um, <laughs> I do. I do. I speak gnomish. Damn it! I speak there gnomish. are only. Uh, no, it's too late. It's too late. You have to tell us everything. <laughs> <laughs> Gnomes here speak deep speech. Um, so, <laughs> uh, no, no. So on the Western Island, on the uh, on the, the the diorama of TLR, there are uh, there are only two buttons here, uh, and one of them is obviously the the you know connect it to the center island. Uh, the other one uh, is really just is really just sort of lights up the Western Island's Arcanium, uh, but it's all way basic. Like, you can't even see inside the Western Island's Arcanium, uh, TLR's Arcanium. It's literally the outside of it just, like, lights up to show you where it is on the island. And it does seem to be placed properly. Um, but other than that, it is mostly... Make me a wisdom perception check, actually. Um, that's, uh, um, another crit. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> you see I'm so, the I'm looking map. so intently at this map. <laughs> You just see that there are, there's actually more detail than your first glance indicated. You can look and see in and among the jungles and the, the forests of TLR, you actually do see tiny little figures that are somewhat crude, uh, representations of orcs and Yuan-Ti and kobolds. Is Sniv with okay. him? Okay. I've been wondering where Sniv is. All right, Sniv can be with any of you who you want him to be with. If he's with Bizdira or Bria, he's just in awe and silent. But if he's with Kit or Flick, then sure. Who's he with? Me. <laughs> okay. All right. Sniff he's with is me. There. Sniff he's like, That's has me. just sort of he had he's been he went straight to the Western Island right at first and is just sort of tapping the glass and like looking and pressing the button to light up the Arcanium. Not because actually he's interested in the Arcanium at all, but because it makes it easier to see in and among the trees on the rest of the islands, uh, of the rest of the island, uh, so that you can really pick out. And there are little uh, there you can't see their tunnels, but you can definitely see that like some of the little tiny little cobalt figures are like coming up out of the ground out of like a tunnel entrance and stuff like that so he's fascinated it actually makes cool. sense that he would look at that since he's you know captaining our ship yeah exactly totally yeah. Um, I'm not gonna go over to the northern I'm gonna go over to the eastern <laughs> even Suspense. on the diorama y'all are afraid of the, east, the northern island <laughs> but I, I want to save that for last because we yeah. know nothing about it sure sure uh, yeah so the eastern island uh... there's the one button that has the connection I assume yeah and I think that is actually the only button for the eastern island. 
The Eastern Island is decidedly bare of details, even at a closer look. Uh, the landforms on the surface are all basically correct, at least as far as you all can tell. And there is an Arcanium there, although it is intact. And again, just like the Western Island, it just lights up. It doesn't really do anything else. Uh, so I guess there is that button. I guess there are two buttons. But other than that, you don't you don't see any depictions of people. You don't see any other, like, it's just an island with some trees and a beachy coastline and an Arcanium. And that's it. All right. What about the Northern? The Northern Island, you finally go around uh, to see. And this island is sort of like, in some ways, similar to TLR in that, like, there are a couple of very distinct sort of landforms and, like, topographical features. You know, TLR has, like, the forest and it has the swamps of Silfson and it has, like, the cliffs and then the beaches all the way on the western side of the island. The northern island, uh, the, the far north part, the far north, like, I don't know, third or half maybe even of the island is, like, enormously tall mountain ranges. And there isn't, uh, there's not a ton of things to look at on the mountain ranges, but they're gigantic. Down where the Arcanium is, is this sort of wide open grassland that takes up uh, the rest of the island. And you can see that there are uh, small little, definitely not city size, they're like little village settlements dotting this grassland uh, that all have these sort of uh, dirt road looking paths that lead to the Arcanium which also lights up with a button and also has, uh, you know, uh, connected to the central island button. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of any other questions to ask about this map. Any uh, any other writing that's not on a plaque, maybe? Like anything on, I don't know. No, I think all of the information, all of the writing is about specific features, mostly on the southern island, because it's the one that has the most detail. All right. But I assume- a, a little notes on the other four landmasses. I assume Sniv is still looking at the western island so I'll go back and join uh, him. Sn- Sniff has, yeah, by the time you get back, he is finally able to tear himself away. Uh, but he looks at you and he goes, I think I see me. <laughs> wow. Is there anything um, oh, on the also the central island? island? That's yeah. what I was going to ask. Central. I said southern. The central, please. What did you ask, Bria? I said, is there anything on the southern island, meaning the central island? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought, I, all I heard was southern island, and I thought you were making a joke about, like, Sniff being in the depiction of the southern island, oh, too. Oh, no. The central island, the most obvious feature is this gigantic uh, crater, hole, something at the center of the island. And you can sort of see, uh, you know, with your, your sort of bird's eye view of it, it is this enormous like caldera, right? So there's this circle of mountains that rise up, not quite as high as the peaks on the northern island, but like pretty close. Uh, and then the, the whole center of the island is this deep, Caldera Crater uh, Hole. And uh, then around it, there are a few depictions of little villages here and there. You don't see depictions of any people anywhere on this one. Uh, but this I, this central island landmass, whatever, outside of that central caldera seems to have uh, the landmasses and, and landforms, rather, uh, and topographical features uh, of the other islands. So you can see mountains, uh, though none quite as tall as the caldera 
Sierra Mountains, uh, you can see swamps and grasslands and forests and jungles and beaches and cliffs and things like that. Is there a central island button? There are a couple of central island buttons. So the, the, the first central island button that you hit uh, actually turns on all of the uh, strips of lights that connect the islands. Uh, it, it turns on all of them, and the caldera at the center of the island begins to uh, sort of flicker and glow and obviously fake, but uh, like red light as if it's trying to simulate like fire or something like that. And a little speaker that you had not noticed next to this little bank of buttons uh, sort of lets out a roar. And any other buttons for that one, for the central? Yeah, there are uh, there are two others. One of them you push and it, you're not actually sure how it does it, but these little clouds seem to appear over the central island and start like flashing like they're lightning strikes or something. And it ends and the, the clouds go away as quickly as they were there. Uh, and this little kid who's this little, uh, this little frog child next to you uh, sort of gleefully, as soon as you've taken your hand off of that button, he presses it again. Uh, but this time, instead of the clouds coming in and the lightning, uh, you see the whole central island begin to shake like there's a massive earthquake on it. Uh, and he, pr- this little uh, frog child presses it again, just gleefully smiling. Uh, presses it again, and this time the uh, the fire of the caldera, it flickered gently when you press the other button and the roar came out. This time you actually see flames sort of erupt from the caldera and flicker. Um, and and then he, 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 at this point he's just hitting the button, right? Like he's just going for it. Uh, and the fourth effect that happens uh, is that these tsunamis sort of overwhelm the central island almost completely. They are enormous waves. Uh, and when they disappear, though, nothing actually looks wet. It looks like it was all sort of, you know, tricks of light, maybe illusion magic or something, as you sort of sit there and try and figure it out. But that's what that button does, and then it cycles back to the lightning. The other button actually just, uh, I don't know, I don't know why did I say two more buttons? I didn't know what the first button did. Why would I say two? <laughs> Doesn't matter. There can only be two buttons. <laughs> yeah, you, you have the yeah, power. Yeah, only Cut two it. buttons. <laughs> yeah, right? There are only two buttons, so... <laughs> Good. Um, this information has been very helpful. Good. Well, I think in that case, it's time to go uh, hang out with Kit, who is checking out something on the way to the window outdoor exhibit. What, what? Oh, well, books. I think I, as I've been sitting here, my brain has been yeah. a shuffling. And mm-hmm. um, I think I like walk. I'm starting to walk over in that general direction. And then out of the corner of my eye, I spot those robes and a brief memory sparks of Bizdira and I getting sucked through a wall and seeing some hooded figures and I realize I should go look at these robes. Absolutely. Uh, so you get to the robe exhibit and the robe exhibit is surprisingly large for such a mundane thing to like put on display. I love uh, costume the, exhibits. The, You're crazy. Oh yeah, well. Uh, the exhibit seems to be, or this portion of the exhibit seems to be sort of uh, uh, divided up into four sections and and roll a, uh, uh, make me an intelligence history check, and then also roll me a d4, please. Can I can I have advantage for no particular reason? <laughs> Do you not have inspiration? <laughs> I don't have inspiration, but I cr- oh, I crit uh, failed, and I just feel oh sad about it. <laughs> well, that's okay, because uh, now you just have to hope that you didn't roll the one where you would 
know something. So what did you roll in your d4? I rolled a three. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, you go over and uh, you see this collection of robes uh, are mostly, mostly really vibrant colors. Uh, you immediately recognize uh, that they are, uh, that all of them are shades of uh, red, blue, yellow, and green, which you've seen that those that set of colors several times around this exhibit. Um, and there are, again, there are the very, there are various symbols of the different cults sort of indicating presumably that these are some of the robes that were worn by these old form cults. But other than that, nothing particularly stands out about, uh, about this quarter of the exhibit. Uh, anything in particular you want to look for here? Or you want to go look at another set? I, I'll go look at another set. I think that, I think that I am most interested, yeah, in seeing if anything mirrors what we've seen Chuckles or those other people wearing, which with my terrible role, I probably have no idea what they look like anymore. Well, so we're going to have another one. We're going to have another set of the same thing. So another intelligence history and another D, uh, I guess a D6 this time, since there's only three options left. Oh my God, kid. My dice are doing the thing again. They're doing the thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that, that I rolled a two this time, which means it's a three. And I rolled a six on my D6. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So all of these robes up here are a pristine white. And these uh, notably just, you know, uh, to not do the thing. um, These robes notably do not have hoods. So uh, they also have, they actually, there's only one one symbol, cult symbol here at the Northern Island. Uh, and and really only, like, there are various styles of this robe, but they're all very similar. It looks like whatever this delineation is, whether it's a geographical one or a temporal one, whatever it is, like, there wasn't a ton of variation in the cults, at least in what they wore in this chunk here. Okay, and there are two more. There are two more, and I'll take any die for your single die. We'll just do evens odds. Okay. And then an intelligence history check. I'm still just rolling like shit. Um, it's a seven, and I rolled a four. Okay. And what? Okay, I was gonna say uh, odds is the. Uh, oh, I, well, I can't tell you what they are. But uh, okay, you, you, you. It's funny because your uh, d20 luck is atrocious. But so far, you have not yet rolled the section that you actually could, in theory, know something about. So we're doing well so far. In this one, all of the robes. It sort of it catches your eye because it is the opposite of the white robes. All of these robes are shades of gray and black, and there is a ton of them. Some of them have hoods. Some of them have long sleeves. Some of them uh, have buttons up the front. Some of them look like they're actually just a tabard. Uh, there are a bunch of different variations, and a, this is the largest collection of different symbols that you see here as well. So far, none of them have reminded you of anything that you've seen before. Alright, that means there's one more left. Let's hope there is. I don't roll like shit again. I know nothing about robes. I look at the robes, I say, okay. I don't know anything about these, and I go away. I don't know anything about these. So you, the, what you do see here is that um, these robes are, interestingly, first of all, color, they're shades of like gray and brown, sort of earthy tones. Some of them have maybe a little green to them. These robes are dirty. All of the rest of the robes uh, looked like, not like they had been specially washed, but like they were, you know, you could sort of tell that like, even when they were in use, like they were maybe ceremonial or they were important. And so they were well taken care of by their original owners. These robes are like covered in dirt and dust and and look well used, shall we say. Okay. Is there um 
a lizard person around me? Uh, th- there certainly, there certainly can be. Okay, I'm gonna turn to them and say, excuse me, why, in Draconic, of course, uh, why, why do these robes look so beat up and the others are so nice? And then I'm gonna steal Bria's line and say, in case you can't tell, I'm not from around here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this, th- yes, uh, this lizard folk person, they uh, they turn to you and, and they are about, like, as you're saying I'm not from around here, they're about to, like, ask, like, what, are you not from around here? You can see it on their face, and so you use Bria's line. Um, and they essentially tell you that, that those robes that are from the Western Island uh, were worn by underground cultists. Uh, And so they, you know, they're sort of like, they, that's all they really know about them. But like, clearly, like there is a certain sort of, I don't want to say like prejudice, but like there are certain assumptions that this person is clearly making about the cults from the Western Island. Okay. uh, I say, oh, okay, thank you. And then I'm going to go find Sniv. (laughs) Okay. Um, I will, as you go to look for Sniv, I will say when they pointed out that those were from the Western Island, I know you rolled very poorly, but I appreciate your gumption. Uh, so I will say that they maybe look a little familiar in their style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Sniv is over by the maps with Flick. Uh, hey Sniv, can you can you come with me for a second? I want I want to see if if uh, if you recognize something. Har. All right. And he leans down and your passive perception is astronomical. And also I don't want you touching your dice anymore today. So you hear him whisper at to the Western Island on the map. I'll be back. (laughs) And then uh, he walks over with you to the robes. (laughs) Give him a little pat on the shoulder. (laughs) Um, And I lead him over to the Western Island robes. And I say, do these look familiar to you at all? Uh, Good question. Let's have Sniv roll. (laughs) Okay. Did you crit? I did. <laughs> it's making up he for goes, my oh. shitty luck, so there you go. <laughs> I guess so. I must have taken it all. Uh, it's also, I'm using, uh, I should, oh, if you should use me a saline sky dice, but I'm using uh, my little octopus dice. Aww. So I got to see an octopus Cute. when it came up. Anyway, uh, he says, Har, I, uh, these look a lot like uh, older fashions in the shimmer scale tunnels. How old? Oh, well before my time. But this is just, these are just what regular shimmer scale tribe members would wear? I, I, I believe so. Uh, anyway, I, I know I've seen a few of them. Some of the some of the older folks at Kashak, I think, used to have a sort of collection of old relics, and one of them was a robe similar to this. Uh, when he says that, does that, like... I'm trying to think when we would have seen Shimmer Scale tribe members wearing robes, and the only time I can think about... We never would have seen it? Hmm. Nah. Okay. Uh, okay. Interesting. I mean, Kashak might have been wearing a robe when you met him, but like the trials or any of that, like any of the ceremonial stuff, they had vestments. They were like ceremonial vestments, but they didn't look like this. Okay. Um, okay. That's interesting. All right. I'm not sure I have anything else here right now. <laughs> okay. So are you going on to the window outdoor whatever exhibit? Sure. Why not? Okay, great. So she goes, you go over Kit uh, and there's a little, it's like a tiny little like veranda area. You go through some doors and there's like a little balcony. Well, it's not a balcony because it's on the ground floor. But like a little, you know, fenced in exterior area. Uh, and there are these three uh, sort of viewing glass looking things. Uh, there are these two like cylinders uh, that you you watch as people walk up to them.
to them and sort of put their face up against them and look into these cylinders. Oh, is there a free cylinder for me to put my face against? Uh, yeah, absolutely there is. Yeah, definitely. Great. I go and I don't really know what I'm doing, I guess. Like, I'm assuming I've never seen one of these, so I just kind of stick my head out and onto the thing. They they, ki- they kind of look like Sniv has spyglasses on the ship. They kind of look like a double spyglass is sort of what they look like. So you have a good idea that like you're supposed to look through them, I guess. Cool. So you look through it and it's pointed, it's sort of aimed into the sky. Uh, and you look at all you see is clouds. Uh, just a bunch of clouds. And you sort of stare for a minute and uh, I don't know, like maybe it's broken. As you're about to step away from it, you see something stir in the clouds and a, a sky aboleth, although this is not pointed south, like from where you all came in, but tentacles emerge from a cloud, and this time much more of this sky aboleth creature emerges into view, and you can see, you can see this enormous flying creature somewhere in the sky to the north. Uh, and there are a few cheers that get let out uh, that you can look away from the spyglasses to see uh, people at the other two sets of spyglasses also have them aimed in that direction, and they clearly saw what you saw, and they are cheering. And that is where we're going to leave it for this week. I don't think any of this made a sense to us. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out what all of this museum stuff actually means, maybe. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. If you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, (laughs) If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing all kinds of other games, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Dara, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. I can feel them. I can't really hear them anymore, but I can still feel them. Oh, the trains? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't hear them. N- know that what you just said is one of the most terrifying things. <laughs> I can feel, I can feel <laughs> them. I was like, I feel I what? I can't even hear them anymore. I just feel them. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have inner demons? I, I truly was like, feel Alex, what? I can feel them. Yeah, I, was like, I can feel them. I can feel what? <laughs> Amazing.